Oasis Church Chicago, Pastor J.P. Troyo here. So glad that you're joining us today on our podcast. You're about to hear a message today from our weekend encounter. Uh, I pray that this message uh, encourages you, inspires you, and pushes you closer to Jesus. If you'd like to stay on track with what's going on at the church, we'd love for you to download our app, Oasis Church Chicago, or visit us on our website, www.oasischurchchicago.com. I'm praying for you, we're believing for you, and we trust that God's gonna continue to do great things in your life. God bless you. Now here's the message today. Every year that we've started, since we started this church, God has laid a, a specific word, literally one word, on um, my heart, and, and then I go and speak with my wife, who um, I jokingly say, but I mean it, she's like the, the Holy Spirit incarnated sometimes, like she confirms it, or she says, I don't know, let's pray again and get, get some more insight into what the Lord's saying. But every year since we started, I, I feel like the Lord's placed something on our heart that we try to live by, we try to move about by, we try to build our year off of, we, we try to just commission it to everybody in the church. This is what God's pressing on our hearts for this year. If you were with us last year, the word was wait, W-E-I-G-H-T, that the Lord said, as a church, you guys are going to go from the season you've been into a new season, and you're going to carry a lot of weight. You're going to see God move about in the city in ways you never could imagine. You're going to see more people coming in, not just people because we care about numbers, but souls that are going to be transformed and changed by the gospel of Jesus Christ. You're going to see more influence for this church in the city, in the community. We have a Love Pilsen event, which we 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 saw close to almost 700 people from the community walk in, get school supplies, get loved on. We had bounce houses, we had food being made for them, and people would come up to us from the neighborhood and say, this has never been done here. And we would see baptisms. We saw uh, um, uh, plenty of people baptized. We saw over 250 new people walk into our church and connect with us. God said, you're going to carry weight. And I believe in my deepest parts of my heart that we carried a lot of weight this year. Not just me, us. And anybody agree with that in Jesus' name? If you've been with us from the beginning, seven of us in this little tiny coffee shop to now, God has been confirming time and time again what he wants to do in this house. And this year, um, many of you know, I've said it over the past couple weeks, and forgive me because I'll probably mention it a lot more throughout this year, but over the last seven months, um, the Lord's really broken my heart. It really built me back together in a way. And like, you're like, what happened? Well, I don't know exactly all that happened, but I do know that I started to operate out of the position of being a son first. And I started to operate in my own will, in my own strength, in my own gifting, in my own talent, my own abilities. I started to do things on my own. And the Holy Spirit came and, and met me one morning and he said, hey, hey, Jay, I need you to get back into your, your position and that is to be a son before you're anything else. And that was a, a few months back, and then I, I was like, okay, I'll try my best to, to do that. I want to know from you. I want to learn from you. I want to lean into you. I want to press into you like never before. I've been at this thing for quite some time. And when the Lord tells you that, there's a whole new revelation that falls on your life. Like, for me personally, it's like, man, I, I thought I had it all together. I thought I was good. And he's like, no, because his kingdom is, is so big, you'll, you, you're going to constantly learn more things. You're going to constantly grow deeper in his love. You're going to constantly grow in his wisdom. Come on, do you agree that? If you are stagnant in your walk today, you are missing out on the beauty of Jesus Christ and that he has more for you. He has the deeper things for you. He has grace upon grace for you. He's got glory to glory for you. And so he said, hey, get back to the position of son. And I began to pray then and say, God, what would you have for our church? He said one word, family. I was like, Really? <laughs> that's the word like it couldn't be some extravagant word like family and he said family and he said I want you this entire year to talk about 
my heart for family. And it wrecked me. Because if we hear that word, which we've said it in this church, I can't even tell you how many times Pastor Jordan or Alex have been up here and be like, let's come into the family room and let's just worship as a family. And we're all like, yes! But if we actually understood what that means, I think our worship would be a little louder. I think our, I think our, our, our joy would be a little bit deeper. I think if we actually understood what it means to be a part of the family of God, we would walk out of these doors and we would walk into the city, we would walk into our everyday Monday life and we would be filled with grace. We would be filled with hope. We would be filled with joy. We wouldn't let the distractions of this world and the things of this life catch us that quick. We would be focused. We would be centered. We would be walking in the things of God if we understood that when you are a part of the family of God, you are in Him. Amen. And so He said, I want you to teach. I want you to instruct. I want you to guide. I want you to do everything that you guys do as a church to be involved, uh, to be uh, surrounded by that word family. And man, how many of you know today that that, that family word, that, that word of family, it's been distorted. It's trying to be destroyed. From the beginning of time, guys, we were designed to be in communion and in the family with God. You guys, if you know your Bibles, you know from the very beginning, God was not bored. (laughs) He's like, I'm just going to make a man and a woman. I'm just going to make some humans because I'm super bored. How many of you know that God's not bored? (laughs) Like, he's not up there like, entertain me, guys. Real talk. (laughs) And so he designed us to be in communion. He designed us to walk with them and talk with them and do it together, right? And so, so the family today more than ever is being just like attacked. Come on, we all know. Some of you are in here this room this morning and you have a very distorted view of what family's supposed to be like. And I'm sorry. Some of you in here have a very distorted view of what family's supposed to be like even in the church. And I'm sorry. Some of you have come into Oasis and you've caught a really distorted view of family. I'm, can I, I'm sorry. Man. And today, I, ho- I hope and pray that as we lean into this year, as we press into this year, that we would come to a full knowledge and understanding that God is good, that he is with us, that he is for us, and that he has called us to be co-heirs with Christ. No longer separated, no longer out, no longer dismissed, but in his presence, in his family, in him we move and live and have our being. Come on, this generation today is all about me. Like, not me, but like, what's the tense? You. <laughs> it's all about you. <laughs> we walk out our doors and we get outside and what's, what, do I, what am I going to get today? How am I going to get what I need today? How am I going to do the things that I need today? God, do you see me? God, do you know what I need? God, I'm here. And let me say something. He, he cares about that. But our picture of family is distorted if we only care for ourselves. The reality of being in the church and the being in the family of Jesus Christ is that you should be consumed with everybody around you. You should be wondering, how's this person doing? How's that person doing? How can I encourage this person? How can I encourage that person? How can I do life with these people today? I am not my own person. I wasn't created for isolation. I don't know why I just smacked the Bible. Maybe more dramatic. (laughs) Somebody like, he's preaching out my money and now he's smacking the Bible. I'm out. Can I say something? This epidemic of isolation, of being on my own and doing things on my own is not of Jesus Christ. 
He didn't come to die so that you could have your own isolated little world. You could have your own little thoughts. You could have your own little mind. He came to die to give you his mind, his family, his life, his grace, his mercy. And he came to attach you to the church of Jesus Christ. I'm telling you guys, I've been in this church thing for my whole life. And I'm more excited today as a 33-year-old than I've ever been about the church of Jesus Christ. Why? Because my picture of it has changed. I've got the lens of the Holy Spirit on my eyes to see what he is consumed with, what he is about. He's not about you just coming in and sitting in a seat and just filling a seat and spectating. He's not consumed with that. He's actually consumed about you coming in and sitting in seats and rejoicing and praising and lifting up the person next to you. Why do you think we tell you to hug the person next to you? Because we're bored and we want to see the awkwardness? <laughs> yes. <laughs> But we want you to understand that you have a place here in the family. And, and there's a documentary on Netflix called The Family. Anybody seen it? Yeah, some of you don't watch it. <laughs> when we say that word family, we think of all these other things that we've experienced. We don't want to get married today because we've seen marriage done in a poor way. We've seen divorce rates higher than ever before. We've seen divorce rates higher than ever before in the church. We've seen families say, no, I can't do this. I give up. I quit. I quit. I quit. I quit. We've seen, we've seen less and less kids being born. Why? Because people don't want to raise kids because they're afraid. They're scared. They're wondering, man, am I going to mess it up the way that I saw it before? And guys, I'm being honest today. I have these conversations. I talk to people, right? Some of you are called never to carry a child, but you're going to carry a lot more things than a child. But hear my heart on what I'm saying. We're so scared of what the world has shown us today that we don't want to be a part of family. And we've carried it into the church. And how many of you believe that this church, the church of Jesus Christ, is supposed to be the safest place? The most grace-filled place. The most kind place. The most equipping place. I watched those three people on the video and to hear their story. To come in, <laughs> to be lost, to not have what you have today, right, Rich? Like, to not feel what you feel. Like, I sat there interviewing Rich, and I was holding it together. Like, don't cry. This is awkward. It's just me and him, and Sean's, like, holding a microphone. <laughs> but like, man, to come into the family and not live the way the world's called us to live, but live the way the gospel of Jesus Christ has called us to live. So this year, I don't have some magnificent, like, we're doing this, we're doing that, we're, ah, we're going, like, we're moving. Does that help? No? Well, there you go. We're moving to a better space, to a bigger place, to an opportunity that God's opened up for us to do great and mighty things. We're moving, God's opened up a door, but God is so consumed this year about you and about attaching you to the family. It's about you not being by yourself and being isolated, being all alone, doing this thing by yourself, trying to figure it out by yourself. Trying to, he's about attaching you to his heart and to his house. And so this year, throughout everything we do, throughout everything we say, we're going to talk about family. So can I preach just for a moment here? Can I preach just for a moment? Come on. I wanted to preach about family as best as I could this morning. Every message series, everything that we're going to do, it's going to be about family. Don't get bored. They're going to be really good. I'm excited about them. How much can you talk about family? For years. But today, I just want to give us a real overarching picture of, of the best that I can about what God is saying today about family. Can I? Do you have your Bibles? Do you have your Bibles? Open up to Ephesians 2, 11 through 22. I, I entitled this moment here today, a seat at the table. 
A seat at the table. Come on, how good was that video? So good. A seat at the table. I want to read Ephesians 2, 11 through 22. It's a lot of scripture, but you love your Bibles? You okay with me reading God's word? It's a whole lot better than me preaching. <laughs> Someone's like, amen. I would be like, yeah, you're right, man, brother. Don't forget that you Gentiles used to be outsiders. Don't forget that you used to be an outsider. You were called uncircumcised heathens by the Jews who were proud of their circumcision, even though it affected only their bodies and not their hearts. Let me say something right now before anything else you hear. God does not care how loud you sing. God does not care how much you dance around. God does not care how much you serve. God does not care how much you give. God does not care how much you show up to your own group. God cares about your heart before anything else. God cares about your heart being pure, being right, being filled with him before he cares about anything else. In those days, you were living apart from Christ because the the history is this, is that the Gentiles were people that were not of the Israel descent. The people of God were Israelites and they were the family of God and they were not be able, the the Gentiles were not able, us, me, like somebody outside of of Israeli descent was not able to get into the family of God. It's a whole history lesson we're gonna get into. It's gonna be awesome. It's gonna be amazing. I'm gonna do my best to teach. How many of you wanna pray for you, brother? But now since Jesus has come, the door's open. So, so what, what they couldn't ever experience was now open. You were excluded from citizenship among the people of Israel, and you did not know the covenant promises God had made to them. You lived in the world without God and without hope, but now you have been united with Christ Jesus. Once you were far away from God, but now you have been brought near to him through the blood of Christ. For Christ himself has brought peace to us. He united Jews and Gentiles into one people when in his body on that cross, he broke down the walls of hostility that separated us. Whew. He did this by ending the system of law with its commandments and regulations. He made peace between Jews and Gentiles by creating in himself one new people from two groups. Together as one body, everyone say one body. One body, Christ reconciled both groups to God by means of his death and on the cross and our hostility towards each other was put to death. He brought this good news of peace to you Gentiles who were far away from him and peace to the Jews who were near. Now all of us can come to the Father through the same Holy Spirit because of what Christ has done for us. Do you want me to read that line again? Because that's a really good place to say amen. Now all of us, every single one of you in this room today, all of us can come to the Father through the same Holy Spirit because of what Christ has done for us. And this is it. This is the verse that I want to carry throughout the year. So now you Gentiles are no longer strangers and foreigners. You are citizens, along with all of God's holy people. You are members of God's family. Woo! My name, my last name is Trollio. Some of you have nailed that. Some of you have butchered that. It's all good. Let me just help you today. Like Pastor J.P. Tro- uh, J- yeah, great. My last name is Trollio. But that is not my spiritual name. My spiritual name is a son of the king. That is my name. If you're a daughter in this house, it's a daughter of the king. That is your name. You have a name change. You are members of God's family, so your names have changed. Together we are his house, built on the foundations of the apostles and the prophets, right? He, Paul is writing to the church. He's writing to the, the church of Ephesus. He's proclaiming this news. He's telling this, the, the, the church that's filled with Jews and Gentiles. This is all what's happened. You, you built yourselves on the people before you, the before you. And now, though, all the stuff you've built on, but now... And on the cornerstone is Christ Jesus himself. We are carefully joined together in him, becoming a holy temple for the Lord. Through him, you 
Gentiles are also being made part of this dwelling where God lives by his spirit. A seat at the table. Have you ever shown up to a dinner you were invited to? You got the invitation. You got the call. You got the text. Come to dinner. And you show up to the table, right? You walk in. You're excited to be with friends. You're excited to do whatever. And you walk in, and there isn't a seat. Thank you. Oh, it happens to me. <laughs> Guys, full transparency, I'm super awkward in those moments. Like, I don't know what to do. There's a time where I strictly remember they call and say, come to dinner. I was like, cool, I'll come to dinner. I walk into the restaurant. I see the table filled with people. And I'm looking around. I'm like, hey, guys, what's up? What's up? What's up? What's up? Hey, man, good to see you. Good to see you. And I'm looking around. I'm like, is anybody going like, to, like, get a chair, get a seat? Like, like, you guys invited me to this, right? They're like, yeah. I'm like, there's no seat for me. And they all look around like, oh, no, there isn't actually a seat for you. And then, you know, when you're in a restaurant and you're, like, trying to get a seat from somebody else's table, can I, can I steal this from you? There was no seats available in this place. I'm, like, standing there super, like, I'm awkward. I start going like this, like, yeah, it's cool, guys. Don't worry about it. No, like, guys, I'll just go to the restaurant next door. I'll meet you guys afterwards. It's all good. Don't worry about me. It's fine. I don't need you to be there. There wasn't a single seat open. <laughs> Did I stay? Oh, heck no. I was like, you guys are some friends. I walked out of that restaurant. I was embarrassed. I, I was like, what, what, you forgot about me? You didn't even make a seat for me at the table? You invited me, but you didn't have a seat for me? That is never the heart of God. God is not calling you to his family and he does, uh, he's not filled, the seats aren't filled. He's not calling you to his heart to say like, hey, you got too much stuff in you. You got too much junk in you. You got too much past in you. You got too much hurt in you. You don't be, you're not able to sit at my seat at my table. Jesus isn't saying that. He's saying, come, I got a seat for you right here. It is open for you and you only. It has your name on it. It has you written on it. You could come and sit at the table of God. He's not inviting you to his heart and saying, sorry, fool. You can't get in. Because some of us in this room, some of us that I encounter, people I encounter in the city, they're like, can I even get into the kingdom? Like, I've done all these things. Can I even get in? I'm like, oh, you are the one that Jesus came for and actually died for. No matter what you've done, no matter what you've carried, no matter what you've gone through, no matter what you've said, no matter how much you hated God before, he still has a seat for you at the table. The seats are open today. They're not filled up. He's not too, heaven is big enough. Can I say that? I, let me say, let me talk to the church people. <laughs> Heaven is big enough for your coworkers. Heaven's big enough for your, 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 your co-teacher or the nurses you work with or the staff member that you stand next to that you just want to just... <laughs> Heaven's actually open for them too. You don't have the ticket on the market. Oh, oh, uh, family, <laughs> welcome to the dinner table. But somewhere along the lines, we as church people thought, we got the, we got the market, we're good. I know what to do here. It's for me and me only. And we forget about everybody else around us. I'm telling you today in this church, I'm going to tell us and I'm going to take us to remember that every single person you encounter, heaven is big enough for them. And heaven's got room for them. And it is our job, it is our commission to show them love, kindness, grace, compassion, mercy. It's our job to show them Jesus. They may be the only Jesus that they ever see in you. You may be the only one that they ever see. Come on, you with me this morning. There's, the seats are open. It's available. It's open today. And we as the church have to understand that it's not just like, oh, we got to be safe in the church. When I come in the church, I don't, have to, I don't have to bring all my other friends into the church. I can come into this. 
How are you living? How are you operating? Do people want to follow you into these walls? Because these walls aren't just for you. Y'all can say amen to that? Okay, I got four points. (laughs) And you're looking at your watches. God's family today. The first thing is this. We got to know this today. Based off this scripture verse, go home and read it. Go home and dialogue. Go home and just, just read it throughout the week. Get this in your heart. The first thing is this. The Holy Spirit invites you into God's family. The Holy Spirit invites you into God's family. It is nothing that I can say, guys. It is nothing that I can do. It is only me giving the example, but it is the Holy Spirit that calls you to it. It's the Holy Spirit that knocks on your door. Jesus says he knocks on the door of your heart. He's calling you into the family of God. I remember the call of the Holy Spirit on my life when he called me back into the family of God. I will never forget it. If you have forgotten that moment, ask the Holy Spirit to bring it back to mind. When you were called, when you, were, when you felt the, the, the embrace, when you felt the pull back into his presence, when he said, hey, come home, come home. Uh, the Holy Spirit is the one that, that draws people in. He, he, he's drawing on behalf of the Father in heaven, God the Father. He's working on behalf of the Father here on this earth. The, the Spirit of God is among us on this, on this earth right now. He's moving, he's operating, he's, he's the one that speaks, right? And he's working and he's moving and he's calling you to the Father. He's saying, hey, 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 I'm calling you so that you can get into the family. You can be a part of the family. You can come home. What was lost could be found. What was broken could be made whole. What was destroyed can be put back together. What was dead can come to life. What you could never see, you will be able to see. What you weren't able to dream, you will now begin to dream. I'm preaching to some people in this house today. He's the one that says, hey, what you thought you had wasn't what I have for you. I'm calling you to greater. I'm calling you to more. The Holy Spirit is calling us into the family of God this morning. He's saying, hey, stop operating in the level of what you were operating. Come and operate in my family of God. It is by God's spirit that we are called into the family. Romans 8, 15 through 17 says, So you have not received a spirit that makes you fearful slaves. Instead, you received God's spirit when he adopted you as his own children. Man, I'm so grateful God's in the business of adoption. Anybody thankful? I'm adopted in Christ by his spirit. Now we call him Abba Father, for his spirit joins with our spirit to affirm that we are God's children. And since we are his children, we are his heirs. In fact, together with Christ, we are heirs of God's glory. But if we are to share in his glory, we also must share in his suffering. (laughs) How many of you wanted to just black that line out right there? (laughs) All the rest of it's really good. The suffering part, nah. But that's the truth. It is through the Holy Spirit that resides in us because when you receive Jesus Christ, when you confess your mouth and believe your heart that Jesus is Lord, you are saved. And the Spirit of God comes in and he wants to invade your life. He wants to fill you. And then he wants you to start operating in the mode and the method of the kingdom of God because he is the one that draws you. He is the one that gives you the ability to say, Father, I need you. Come on, you with me this morning. I need you, Father. And so it is only by the grace of God's just, man, how can I say this better? The Holy Spirit is not weird. I'm going to go there. The Holy Spirit is not some craziness. The Holy Spirit is not awkward. The Holy Spirit is not what you've seen on TV. Can I say this? The Holy Spirit is kind. Oh, man, he's so good. When the Holy Spirit speaks, oh, it's the kindest things you'll ever hear. It's the most beautiful things you'll ever hear. When the Holy Spirit comes and just fills you, you man, you can't help but dance. You can't help but shout. You can't help but just proclaim the goodness of God. He's not weird. 
And in this church, we are going to operate in the Holy Spirit because it's only by the Holy Spirit that we are able to get access into the family. And so I'm telling you guys this year, I pray that there is more encounters of the Holy Spirit. I pray that there's more words over your life from the Holy Spirit. I pray that there's more interaction with you in the Holy Spirit. I pray that you're sensitive to the voice of the Holy Spirit. This is not even close to in my notes right now. (laughs) But the Holy Spirit is so good and he calls you to the family of God. He calls you. And he's calling some of you right now to say, come closer, come closer, come closer, get in. Come on, come on, come on. Don't think about what you thought. Don't think about what you used to see. Don't think about what you've seen. Come to me. Let me show you how the family of God works. And so in the family of God, the second thing is this. Jesus calls you out of death and into life. I'm going to make a proclamation on this Vision Sunday. When you come to Jesus Christ, when you confess with your mouth, believe in your heart, Jesus is Lord, you are no longer dead. You are now filled with life. Okay? You are filled with life and more life abundant. And so when you get called into the family of God, just like he says in verse 11, don't forget that you were used to be outsiders. You lived in this world without God and without hope. Before Jesus Christ came into my life, I was living for myself and without hope. But coming to Jesus Christ, once what was dead, super dead, dark, just filled with the world, is now filled with life, filled with hope, filled with peace, Right, Fill with the presence of God surrounding me. When you come into the family, you cannot operate in the things that you used to operate in because they are dead. You are called to walk in life. Jesus came so that he could give life. He didn't come to condemn the world, but to save the world. He came to breathe into your lungs and say, I'm going to give you life even in the worst trials, even in the worst pain, even in the worst moments, even in the things you don't understand. I'm not giving you death today. I'm giving you life today. Man, can we just be thankful and remember what God's taken us from? Man, you used to be outsiders. You're no longer outside the family when you accept Jesus Christ. You're in. Hey, can I say something? Again, I'm coming at the, the people that call this home. If you forget what God saved you from, it will turn into pride. You will think you saved yourself. And you will start praising from a position of self. Oh man, if I could just self-help myself. Does that even make sense? I just need to self-help. Self-help me. And it's like, no, Jesus saved you. You didn't save yourself. You couldn't. I could not save myself. I could never save myself. Oh Lord, I could not save myself from the things that I was living in. No. I tried. Oh, I tried because I was, maybe I can get out of this. Maybe I can get out of this. Maybe I can get out of this. Sin tangles you up. It catches you. It just tangles you up. It grips you. It chains you. It locks you up. It is only by the grace of Jesus Christ that you are to be able to set free. You are able to walk out of the prison doors and to see them shut behind you. Stop walking back into prison cells that Jesus has closed for you. Hello? Stop going back to death. See, this is what happens when you understand this. You can't help but be joyful. I was like actually dancing today. Like like eight weeks out of ACL surgery. I was like, oh, whoa, gee, whoa. Fill with the spirit of God this morning. Why? Because I reminded myself, because I wasn't there yet this morning. I'm going to be honest. But I sat over there and we started singing, all hail King Jesus, all hail the, the Lord of all, all hail King Jesus. I started to say, man, I didn't save myself from any of this. I can't do any of this. It's only by the grace of God and by the goodness of my Savior, Jesus Christ, that I'm from death into life. As the family of Jesus Christ, can we start walking around with life? Can we start to speak life? Can we start to say the things of the kingdom and not just say them, but do them? 
Can we start to show the world what it means to be in the family of God and oh, it's good. Oh, it's so good. I pray this year you taste the goodness of, of God and what he wants to do through you. Ba- worship team, come on up. See, I told you I'm going to get through these points. Anyways, I, I want more people. Can I, can I say this? I want more people to come to life. I'm so tired. I'm so, like, at times, just my, my, my spirit's strong, but my flesh is tired of seeing people be a part of death. Experiencing death, experiencing the things of this world, experiencing the, 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 the things that Satan would just want to get them caught. I'm just tired of it. And I'm here to say that Jesus Christ is the giver of life. It is not any relationship. It's not any job. It's not any bank account. It's not any car. It's not any fashion. It's not any good hairstyle. It's none of that. None of the things that we are pursuing today will give you life. But if you run after the source that actually gave you life in the first place from the beginning of the time when you were in your mother's womb, the one that actually spoke you into existence, the one that gave you breath in your lungs, that's giving you breath in your lungs right now in this moment. Come on, everyone just take a deep breath. (sighs) Breathe it out. That's from Jesus. (laughs) He wants to give you life today. He wants to give you life today. Come on, I can call out some people in this room that, man, Satan thought he had us just right there. He just thought he had you by the neck right there. He was like, oh, I got you. Oh, man, I'm going to see this one. Come on. He's like, I got you, Sean. Like, I got you right here, right here, man. That's where he thought he had you. He, he thought he had you right there. And when you came to the family of Jesus Christ, when you came around the family of God, you said, no, 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 because we said we care about the rest of the family. We're not seeing a Sean miss out on what the goodness of God is. I'm not seeing his life destroyed. I'm not seeing him go to death. I'm pulling him to life because Jesus loves him, and I want to see him flourish in the things of God. This is how family operates. Y'all good, now you're waking up. You wanna stay for another hour? No. (laughs) They got a photo shoot here in a little bit. We gotta get out of here. The third thing is this. In the family, you live united together with Christ. Okay, this is the biggest thing. We pray for unity in this church all the time. Anytime we gather to do anything in this church, from the smallest meeting to the biggest meeting, we sit together and we pray and we say, God, unify our spirits. Keep us of one accord. If there's things out of line, we need to be checked. If there's something not working, help us to be unified. Today, more than ever, the buzzword says unity. I'm going to say something again. (laughs) You cannot be unified unless you're unified first with Christ. You can't. It just, it doesn't work that way. It is only through Christ that you can see people the way Christ sees them. Oh, man, I don't like that. I'm telling y'all, if you're not unified with Christ's spirit and walking with the spirit and hearing from his spirit and, and, and listening to his spirit, you will never be able to see the people around you the way that Christ sees them. You will not be able to see the people that you know are hurting, you know that are broken, that are in a bad spot. You won't be able to see them for who they are in Christ. You're only going to see them through the lenses of your eyes. And Jesus Christ came to that. He would call us to a unified spirit of one accord, to be together in this. Paul writes, together as one body. Can I say something? When you sin, when you choose sin, you're not just affecting yourself. You're affecting the rest of the body. Sin has consequences. And there's grace. Listen, don't hear me. Don't be like, oh, my gosh. He went there. Money, now that, now sin. Like, oh. Yes. When JP sins, It's not just JP that gets affected. Hello? I wonder if you went to go have a moment of anger, resentment, pride, lust, anything. If you felt that coming at you, I wonder if it's just the thought, the Holy Spirit, you said, Holy Spirit, remind me of everybody that I'm in family with. 
Would you go do the same things that you were going to do? You would think about everybody else around you. And there's not condemnation in this place. There's mercy upon grace, mercy and grace in this place today for every single one of us to call upon the name of Jesus in our time of trouble. And he is there. He wants to unify your spirit to him and to those around you. Come on, I'm almost done. I'm almost done. Can can, can I say this though? When we have a unified spirit, we don't gossip. And everybody says. We're going to go late, like 10 minutes. Because if we're going to talk about family, I can't have family members going to talk about other family members. None of you deserve it. Right? None of us deserve gossip. But not just in this house, but don't gossip about the people that aren't in this house. Because let me tell you something. You talk about somebody outside this house, what happens if they walk in this house? <laughs> like, what happens? You're going you're gonna to feel super overwhelmed and convicted. You're going to be like, man. But if you cut the tongue of gossip, your power of life and death is in the tongue. What you speak matters. What you say matters. If you have nothing good to say, what the parents used to tell you? If you have nothing good to say, what, right, Mom? What she said? Don't say it at all. Don't even speak it. I'm learning this, guys. This is me learning this more than ever today. I'm not above you. I'm not, I, I figured it out. There have been moments even this week that I'm like, oh, I want to say it. The Lord's like, shut up. I'm like, okay. Because it's better to not say anything than to say something that's destructive and hurtful and harmful. That's coming out of a heart that you don't understand your position. And that is a position and a co-heir with Christ. If you understand how Christ operates, then you wouldn't be quick to gossip. You wouldn't be quick to jealousy. You wouldn't be quick to giving yourself over to slander. You would be more quick to lifting each other up. To mourning with those that are mourning. To laughing with those that are laughing. To being there in support for those that need support. You would be quicker to get outside of yourself and into knowing that, hey, I'm a unified with Christ. We are one body. We are one accord. I'm going to do this thing together. Is this making sense to any of us in this place? It's a unified spirit. Well, I don't have any friends in the church. I don't feel connected in the church. Guys, I'm going to say this again. Go through the processes that we've set up in this church. They're not just for us to have processes. (laughs) They're actually super intentional. (laughs) Why do we have prayer? Because I think at prayer meeting, guys, get to prayer meeting. It's the most unifying time that we could ever be a part of that. When the church of God prays together, nothing can break us. Pray together. I can't come because of my schedule. Okay, God knows your heart. But if you're more consumed about sitting on the couch than you are about coming to the house of God to pray, might want to check the heart before God. Okay? It is good to get to the house of God. Hey, I, okay, I can't go to prayer. Oh, groups. <laughs> oh, groups are amazing. There have been incredible ways to get connected with people that you don't know. Well, I can't do any of that, Pastor. I can't do any of that. Guess what? You have people sitting next to you right now. Turn to him and say, hey, what are you doing after? Well, maybe, if you, how many single people? Come on, just show your hands. Lift your hands up high. Come on, lift your eye. Is there any couple single people sitting next to each other? This would be a great opportunity for you. Great opportunity, great moment. Ask them to lunch. Just ask them to lunch right now. Come on, it's good to be in God's house. No, no, I'm serious, guys. I'm serious. And some of you, this is not your personality, and I get that. But there's a connect team back there that wants you to get connected with you. There's a team that wants to come around to you. There's a team that wants to pray with you. We have an intercessory prayer team. We have a prayer team post-church. We want to pray with you. You are not called to walk this life out by yourself. This is where we're going. And it's going to get messy. Just because you're a part of the family doesn't mean you got to think the way I think. doesn't mean that you got you got to have the same political views that everybody else has. Come on. I'm coming home. 
you will never know where I stand <laughs> on that political view stuff things why because it doesn't matter what matters is your heart what matters is my heart and what matters is what we're doing together can I say that in this place all right Rachel is back there with my son and she's like Last thing, last thing, last thing. And this is the good thing. This is actually a super good thing, what I'm about to say, instead of a really hard thing. When you come into the family of God, you're unified, you're of one accord, one spirit, you're operating, you're trying to do this thing, you're picking each other up, you're encouraging, you're holding each other, you're, you're standing with each other. But the good news about Jesus is this, is that Jesus' fa family has a standard. <laughs> you want to know the biggest curse word today in the church? Some of you are already rattling in your head what I'm about to say. Accountability. and correction. None of us today want to be corrected. I sure don't. <laughs> but you know what I've learned over this, the course of serving Jesus for this time? Is that I don't want accountability when I need it. I want accountability now. I don't want to get into this dark place where I'm like, now I need accountability. I want accountability now. I want correction now. I want, I've given the right to people, people above me, over me to come and call me at any point that they want. Ask any of these two pastors up here. They can call me at any point and be like, Jay, what's going on? And I'm, I'm fine. Nope, calling uh, garbage. Try again. And I'm like, whoa, 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 why are you doing this? Because God's house has a standard. Do you ever have house rules when you walked into homes? Take your shoes off, right? That was my mom. Take, don't walk into her house with your shoes on. Take your shoes off hug each other, say hello to each other. I, I love when, when, fam, when people outside of our family would walk into our house and my dad would come up and he would just embrace them. And the, there's rules of the house. I'm not saying this today to, to scare you, to, to make you feel uncomfortable. But Jesus Christ just didn't die so that you could cheapen grace and just act however you wanted to act. And he's not taking things away from you because he's a mean God. He's actually a super good father that he wants to put boundary lines around you that are pleasant, that are hope-filled, that are good, that are filled with the good things of heaven. He has a standard for you to operate in. And listen, everybody's on a journey. Everybody's on this faith journey. But I'm telling you guys today, we're going to learn the standard of heaven. We're going to walk the way that Jesus walked. We're going to talk the way that Jesus talked. We're going to live the way Jesus has called us to live. We're going to call us to higher things. We're going to call each other to greater things. We're going to call each other to the things of heaven because I'm tired of seeing people fall off because they weren't accountable. They weren't held up. They weren't lifted up. They were too afraid of what somebody would say to them. You know, I was recently saying this, and this is it. We're going to close. I was at a church in Nashville. I'm going to share this story wherever Rich is. I was at a church in Nashville, like, it was in um, 2013, actually. And I was in a really, really interesting spot in life and trying to figure out where I was going to go and what I was going to do was before I even heard this. And I went to this church, and, man, this church was powerful. It was a really good church, really blessed church. And the Lord really ministered to me. He really ministered to me at that time. He really built up my spirit. He encouraged me. He spoke some things into my life. He actually, funny enough, he actually spoke a word. I listened to it last night. I haven't listened to it in five, however many years. When's 2013? Seven years ago? Eight years ago? Eight? I don't know. Whatever. Not the money guy or math guy here in this house. Praise the Lord. <laughs> he actually gave me a word. And the word was, hey, JP, you're called to reconcile your family. You're called to not, not only reconcile your immediate family, but your extended family and the house of God. 
And I heard that word and I was like, oh God, if you didn't need to confirm where we're going this year, that was it. But I, 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 I'm gonna say something else. <laughs> I remember walking into this, this church the first time and they operated in what's called the prophetic gifting of, of speaking life and speaking truth, speaking things of heaven over your life. It sounds weird, it's crazy, it's not. It's actually the most beautiful thing. <laughs> but I was living in sin. <laughs> Here we go again. I was living in sin, and this person walked up to me. And they're like, I got a prophetic word that the Lord gave me. And I was like, oh, just one minute, please. <laughs> and I was like, Lord, forgive me of everything I've done so this person doesn't call it out of me. Please just heal me, forgive me. Okay, yeah, go ahead, give it to me. <laughs> but the Lord corrected me in that moment. He's like, hey, even if I did allow for them to give the word, that wasn't the word. <laughs> the word was something else. But sometimes the words from other people over your life are to call you out of things that you're actually living in. Come on, I'm going somewhere right now. It's not to condemn you. It's not to hurt you. It's not for any of that stuff. But I was so afraid that they would actually call me to a higher standard that I actually didn't even want to receive the word in the first place. And the Lord said to me, hey, 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 even if I did have a word for you to call you out of something, receive it. Because I'm calling you not to condemn you. I'm calling to give you life. I'm calling to give you hope. I'm calling to give you a future. And you can't have the future that I have for you if you're choosing yourself. You can't have the things that I need to get into your heart if you're dismissing the voice of counsel. If you're dismissing the voice of the family. If you're dismissing the voice of the Holy Spirit. I can't get you to that place until I can say to you, hey, will you just be consumed with me? Will you worry about me? Will you be worried about what I want to do in and through you? Is this helping you today? We have a standard of Jesus Christ in this house. We will preach always only Jesus. Jesus. There is no other way to heaven except through Jesus. There is not some wishful thinking. There's not some way. It's only because of his cross. It's only because of the resurrection of Jesus Christ. And so Jesus, by that cross and by that empty tomb, has called us to a standard to live, to embrace the holiness of Jesus Christ, to live by his spirit, to move by his spirit, to walk the way he walks, to talk the way he talks, because he is King Jesus. He is Lord. He is Savior. He is the one that's calling his family back together. Come on, let's sing it.